0: From pillar to post and coast to coast. This is a one-man gang. You're listening to a book. Hey, do you watch wrestling?
1: Ladies and gentlemen. When, when, look, and then I brought you back the next year, and you teamed with King Sphinx. I put you under a mask, and I can't remember what I called you. Like,
0: I, oh. I remember you were making a joke about a white Mexican, and I was re- I wrestled in my underwear.
1: Yeah, and I, I, whatever the Spanish word for storm was, I called you like El Tormenta or El Tornado, or not Tornado. What did I yeah. call you? Whatever the Spanish word for storm was and I called you that and you, you and King Sphinx were against uh, Robbie Reckless and Chris Thorne
0: you had me double build on that show didn't you didn't you also have Zach Storm booked
1: no you worked you no? worked double the, the first year um, I put you in the main event for the, uh, for the championship against Scotty O'Shea and Rip Impact
0: oh that would have been a good match was didn't it a good match?
1: match? I, I'll find it for you.
0: <laughs> I, I didn't have any complaints. I I did not know I've ever worked Scotty O'Shea or, or Rip Impact up until like, I see I can't remember these things. It was um, an
1: it was elimination match. You were eliminated first. You were eliminated by Scotty. Um,
0: I yeah. love both of those guys.
1: Yeah, I'll find the match for you. That would be wonderful. Yeah, yeah I've see this is.
0: Bits and pieces, it's almost all gone. Some of it is
1: like I'll find I, I you.
0: know I know you double booked me for one of them. I can't remember which.
1: I, I double booked you for the first one. Uh but but that was because well, number one, I it kind of fast-forwarded, like if I was going to make a go of Moonshine Branded Wrestling, like at yeah. that point,
0: mm-hmm.
1: that the future was going to involve Zach Storm. And it was going to involve Zach Storm getting to the top of the bill. So for that match, I know Warhead no-showed. It was supposed to be a four-way match. And it was supposed to be Scotty, Rip, Warhead. And who was the last one? Whoever that last one was, no-showed as well. So now I can't exactly have an elimination match with you know two people. Well, you could, but then it's just regular match. Um, Defeats the I'd, purpose. Yeah, so I'm just like, okay, I'll, I'll put Zach in for it. Um, but that's, yeah, that's why I had you uh, double book that show. Uh, now that, that's going to bug me, who that fourth was supposed to be. Um, so yeah, so then I bring you back the next year and it's you and uh, King Sphinx, who I, I think there's a very underrated guy. Like, I I don't think he works very often, but for the most part, I think he's kind of underrated. He, he Also Amazing Darkstone, um, mm-hmm. You brought you brought to my attention for the Welland show. You said, "Oh, you should book this amazing Darkstone guy." Um, he ended up uh, working uh, Max Alexander. Yeah. Anyway, I'm Yeah, very he, look, he looks
0: great. He looked great. He played a good character, and yeah. uh, I, 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 he's a super nerd, so I got along with him.
1: Yeah. Um, so after that, like, what w- what was the end game? Because after that. I, I think I tried to bring you back like as a referee or cause you, I, I remember you, you talked about being in a, in a, in a dark place, but I remember you getting disillusioned with wrestling and you know, that your body was kind of fighting back and, and, you know, I, I can't do what I want to do and, and things like that. And I know I tried to bring you back, bring you down as a referee, but you kind of hummed and hawed about it. Like what was the end game of the actual wrestling career?
0: So when, when I was wrestling, um, wrestling was plan A and plan B and kind of plan C, like I mentioned. Um, I was going to wrestle until I couldn't wrestle anymore. I was going to go as far as I possibly could until I couldn't wrestle anymore. And then I was going to be a promoter and put on show. I was going to build my own ring and put on shows the way I wanted shows to be put on and run shows the way I wanted to run shows. Nowhere in there did I foresee me not wanting to wrestle anymore. So when I started like hurting myself and not, I wasn't hurting myself. I started getting hurt in the ring. Yes. um, That whole like, well, well shit, I'm not going to get as far as I thought I was going to get. And I don't want to be around this as much as I thought I did. And when you're so focused on wrestling, you don't focus on your personal life at all. Mm-hmm. I was working shitty jobs. Um, the prereqs of the jobs that I was working were I have to be off work Tuesdays and Fridays or whatever two days of training were, and I can't work weekends. Um, you can't get a good pensionable job. If you go into the interview saying that, Yeah. no, they're, they're, no one's going to book, no one's going to hire you for a good, like an actual job. So you can go far in your life. Um, so when I got hurt with wrestling, I was so focused on wrestling. I wasn't, focused on my personal life and that's that's where I kept going down mentally and mentally and when I got out of it and I was like okay now I have to focus on getting a job that can pay my rent and <laughs> and all these things um so I, I started focusing on myself and getting better that way um and a lot in wrestling just came sideways to me so I was like I, I can't focus on that as much I have to focus on me now and my life and and work and focus on 20 years from now i'm not going to be a broken old man that's bitter about wrestling broke me i'm not going to let wrestling break me was the mentality like i I have to put it aside and focus on me now um yeah so that the, the end game for me was always going to be wrestling i never thought i would be anything but um and then you know now here i am uh Shit, my last match was 2012, I think. <laughs> um, it was for Mecca in, in Cornwall. And uh, that was the year I met my wife. My wife was at my last show. Um, so that's the only reason I remember the year. And and I've never been happier now yeah. outside of wrestling. Like, I, I look back at it. <clears throat> I'm a big butterfly effect guy. Like, I, I see what I have now, and I try and trace it back to... What decision did I make 10 years ago to got me here? Um, I think hurting my knee and getting out of wrestling is I can guarantee if I didn't hurt my knee, I would not have my baby. I would not be married. I would not own a house. I would not have a job that pays enough to pay all bills. I would not have all these things if I didn't hurt my knee. I can guarantee that. Yeah.
1: Um, I, I'm not going to ask you. You know, do, does the itch ever come? Because you said like it was almost completely out of your head until I reached out to you and said, "Hey, how's it going?" And you and I hadn't interacted uh-huh. or corresponded, and God only knows how many years. So no, no, oh, the itch. This is for myself, I suppose. Yeah. M- Matthew Terry reaches out to you. Are you like what the fuck?
0: <laughs> I was. I was over the moon happy to hear from you. To be honest. Oh, okay. Um, itch has always been there uh my gear bag is still packed take that for what you will i washed my stuff three years ago i have not wrestled in 10 i washed it all and put it back in three years ago ready to grab and go to a show <clears throat> i i've never i 99.9 percent i will never Pick up that gear bag and take it to the shelf. But I, I washed all my stuff. I made sure there was no holes in it. I put it all back in the little baggies that I packed it in. Uh, put new bounce sheets in the baggies to keep it smelling fresh, and uh, I put it back in the closet. Um, the itch has always been there. It will always will be there. But I'm, I'm, I'm at the point in my life now that I'm, I'm happy now, and I don't yeah. need wrestling to fill any void that I thought was there.
1: I, I'm very happy to hear that you said you were overjoyed to hear from me. I was. On the flip side, you are one of, now, the, the list was four. The list got up to four. It's down to mm-hmm. two. Two wrestlers that my wife actually likes. like personally. I like your wife. I know. But only two wrestlers. You and Jeff Black. You are the two, the only only two wrestlers. Period, and that's not an exaggeration. You and Jeff Black are the only two wrestlers that my wife. Uh she kind of likes Steve Brown, but that's she hasn't really been around Steve that much, and she's kind of warming up to Ryan now that she listens to the podcast. <laughs> um, do you, do you use your wife's name on the podcast? Yes, I do.
0: From do you want to hear my Carrie and Terry? Sorry,
1: okay, let's, Carrie us Let's hear your Carrie Ann Terry story.
0: <laughs> uh, so, how I, I met your wife a handful of times, uh, not very many. Um, she's a sweetheart of a lady. Um, after one of the Triple X shows, you had me at your house. Yes. You had me sleep over at your house. Um, you, you put me up for the night. And uh, so, you pulled me into a room off your rec room and you pulled out a box underneath of a bed or a couch closet somewhere. There was a dusty old box that hasn't seen the light of day in years, or maybe it has. I can't, this is how I'm remembering it. There was dust on the box. You pulled it out and outside this box was original packaged mint condition ECW action figures. Yes. You had them laid out on a table and you were like, and you're talking to them. And I thought it was the coolest fucking thing. I'd seen in the long, in forever. Yeah. Um, Enter Carrie and Terry behind me. I look back and she has this, I want to say like a proud smile, like seeing you happy and like um, showing off your toys to your friends. And you turned to her and said, see honey, these are cool. And she was just like this, this like motherly knowing, nod of approval to you and I was like yeah
1: she's she's a good person she is she uh, and yeah, very she's great and very yeah um, the, the, this is kind of off the off the record but yeah Carrie Ann has always been very very like she doesn't understand wrestling she's not a fan of wrestling but it's what Matt does it's what Matt's involved with and I'll let him go and you know th- okay, hmm. I'm gonna turn the record button back on here or the, this is um, actually you know what? We'll talk about that in a second. <laughs> never mind. I, uh, I, I get into ring announcing and mm-hmm. I start ring announcing more and more. and then uh, actually you know what? bucket we're gonna go back here, retake. I have to thank you. unknowingly, you and Sabrina Kyle Sent me off into what? Actually, like you—you you made me make my mark in wrestling. You're the one that set me off because you had me ring announce a charity show that you two uh, were doing for—I uh, believe it was a little girl who had cancer—and you did it.
0: Uh, in- it was somebody who recently passed away from cancer. Uh, it was an older oh, lady. I can't hurt. remember who. It, I was, it was. I, a- I don't. Yeah, it was some. It was it was a member of, of Sabrina Kyle's family, I believe, um, who passed away from cancer, and the money raised was supposed to buy a chair, because the person who passed away said the chairs are very uncomfortable.
1: Oh, okay. So, I, I, I feel bad that I didn't know that that was the story. That's uh, that
0: it. It might have been a little girl, and my memory's wrong. But
1: regardless, yeah. you guys, you uh, you had me ring announce, even though the microphone didn't work. And I busted so many blood, uh, blood vessels in my eyes that I woke up with bloodshot eyes the next morning. Much to the oh geez. Much, to the, uh, much to the shock of my wife <laughs> who woke up next to me and opened my eyes. And she, I remember the look on her face. I was like, oh my God, what happened to you? But that's, that's what set me off into ring announcing where people are like, okay, he's a good ring announcer. We're going to use him as a ring announcer. From there, I became a ring announcer that was actually paid or not paid, not, not, not ring announcers are mostly paid, I suppose, you know, outside of a piece of pizza and a beer, but I was actually being booked. Like people were, I was going all over Ontario and Northern New York ring announcing. And that's kind of, that's not very common is for someone to be booked to go around ring announcing, especially I, there was some weekends I was gone Friday, Saturday, Sunday, ring announcing for different people. Mm-hmm. And then it got to the point, I'm going to say it was seven years ago. I, I, so I'm like 34, 35, Carrie Ann and I are starting to talk about having kids. I, I, I figured I peaked. I'm, I'm not going to go anywhere else. I had bugged. TNA slash impact I had bugged ring of honor I had no grandiose thing of WWE I wasn't even a WWE fan so it was like the ROH and impact were like the the goal for me um not that I would say no to WWE but I I figured I had peaked so I got a hold of uh I got a hold of all the companies that I was working for. And I said, listen, I'm going to kind of semi-retire. I'm going to go down to like three companies, three that I enjoy working for. And that's it. So then I sit Carrie Ann down and I said, so just so you know, I'm going to be home a lot more now. Uh, I'm going to go down to three companies. I just, I'd rather be at home with you. I'd rather hang out with you. And she's like, are you sure? Like, Because like she never said no. She never said stop. She never said stay home nothing um and she said like you know to, are you sure are you sure you want to do that I'm like yeah I, w- I want to be home like i've i've gone as far as I th- i'm gonna go and it's, it's time to stay home let's let's talk about this starting a family and all that good stuff three days later i get an email from ring of honor uh i and as i said i've been bugging ring of honor sending them videos sending them audio the whole thing i get an email from ring of honor saying hey we're coming to toronto why don't you come see us no promises we'll see what we so now i've just finished telling my wife that i'm going to be home more and now i'm getting an email from ring of honor and i'm just like
0: fuck. and now you get the tickets of the show and now yeah. i'm
1: like fuck me like <laughs> so a couple days later i said so i got an email from ring of honor and she's like okay and i said well they said they're coming to Toronto.'" Come see us. No promises. And she's over the moon. And I'm like, really? You're happy about this? And she's like, I know that's like, again, not a wrestling fan, but she's heard me say ring of honor enough
0: that she knows she's familiar with the company.
1: She's like, she knows that's the next step at the time. I think ring of honor would have been number three, if not number two, because this is when impact was kind of going through that shady area. Mm -hmm. So she's like, this is the number two company in North America. Like, I know this is the next step. So yeah, Carrie Ann, two things. Number one, Carrie Ann, always, always supportive. I cannot put her over enough. But also, I have to thank you. I don't know why you made me a ring announcer, but you made me the ring announcer, and if it wasn't for you and Sabrina, I never would have I never would have made that mark because from there it was that show, I think that Ethan Page saw me. Ethan Page put me on Alpha 1. Alpha 1 gave me this broader spectrum. Other people saw me, blah, blah, blah. So I owe See, you that's, a huge thank That's you. the
0: butterfly effect theory there. But that's right? exactly... One small thing goes to another. And if you want to trace that back further, because I don't want to take all the credit, if you didn't move down there for Carrie Ann, um, you wouldn't have been in the area when we ran that show. Carrie Ann is the ticket to all your success.
1: Okay. But what? why do you think, hey... Terry can ring announce because I know um, it was in Hamilton and I'm not exactly a stone's throw from Hamilton like I'm half hour 45 minutes
0: that's a stone's throw I traveled an hour to every single show I was ever in that's, and I got paid like just gas money <laughs> um, that's a stone's throw for me um, so what I remember about that show I remember uh, Sabrina Kyle wanted had someone pass wanted to do a charity show in their honor, donate all the money to the show. Um, I said, well, people aren't going to work for free, but we can ask them and whatever we charge, we'll, we'll donate. Um, so we asked them and thankfully people work. people were working for free. And if you, I, I, I remember we had a main event on that card, Michael Elgin versus Ash um, worked for free Um. And, and that's, if you look at where he I mean, is now, um, that's, that's huge. Uh, and Ethan page was on that show, mm-hmm. right? He's an AEW now he's like, this is a career for him. now. Like all these guys, like so much talent was on that show. We were uh, incredibly blessed that everybody like agreed to do the show. And, uh, the only other two things I remember about that show, uh, I had a pre pre-show speech, um, booked out. So every show, everybody that like I wanted on the show, we reached out to and 90% of them said, yes, I reached out to you uh, to ring announce because I was like, well, Matt's in the area and Matt is a very articulate man. He can do this. Well, I know Matt can speak well. Mm -hmm. Um, So I was like, he'll be a ring announcer. I know he will. I I'm, I'm friends with Matt. Matt respects me. I respect Matt. If I ask for a solid, he'll do me a solid. Um, so I was like, uh, we'll book Matt and every local guy, uh, in the area will ask if they want to come do a free show. Um, so I remember I wanted you, I remember I had this pre-show speech laid out for the boys in the back that went something to the tune of, um, thank you all for being here. No one's getting paid tonight. So, um, you know, take it as a night off. If you uh, don't, don't do any high spots, don't, do, don't get yourself hurt for this show, please. And um, <clears throat> please come to me with all your finishes so we don't have too many submissions, roll-ups, whatever. Um, and if you need water, I'll go get more water. What actually came out was uh, Sabrina said her speech and I said, yeah, she pretty well covered it. Have a good night. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember doing a drop kick. Uh, Who who did you work? Adam, Adam page, Adam, something. He was a guy with a huge chest.
1: A guy with a
0: huge chest. He had a huge chest. It was a tag match, me and a bald guy versus, uh, I think his name was Adam and I did a drop kick and Sabrina's dad said, I didn't like any of that show, but you were all right. (laughs)
1: well thank you I was like oh cool <laughs> i at him, like yeah I appreciate that I was okay <laughs> cool you were
0: alright yeah yeah, sure but that's, that's like everything's foggy I, I, I've never really spoken publicly I don't think I've said two words my entire wrestling career um, yeah I was usually just the guy I, I always tried to be the pure wrestler and it never really I don't know didn't pan out <laughs>
1: All right, so I, I think I've gone everywhere I really want to go. Um, is there anything that you kind of want to get off your chest, or anything you want to talk about, or thinking like God, I can't believe Matt didn't ask about this? Or
0: later in my career, I was I remember um, when I was really frustrated with wrestling. I was uh, I was like everything in wrestling is a lie. I'm breaking my body to make Zach Storm famous. Zach Storm is not my, being famous. I need to focus on me. Um, this was like around the time I was like getting into like focusing on me. So I started wrestling as the prodigy Phil Plume. I I dropped the gimmick and I was just like, if, if I can't, I need to focus on me. And the first step is getting rid of Zach Storm. Yeah. (laughs) Um, so I, I went, I was working exclusively, exclusively for Randy Berry in Cornwall and for Mecca pro wrestling. And I was like, Hey, Randy, um, I'm dropping Zach Storm. I'm just going to be Phil Plume. There's no character. I'm just going to, I'm, I'm here to have fun. And I did have fun. Uh, I was, I was a prodigy Phil Plume for you know a year, a year and a half working for him. Uh, and then I, I met my wife and I had no reason for wrestling anymore. Um, and yeah, that's, that's just like the happy ending is like uh, I was working for a guy I liked, I liked and for a company I respected and, half the reason for going to the shows was my brother lived in Cornwall and my mom came to every show and like even through, uh, through all my career my mom was coming to all the shows that she could and when I wanted to bring a friend uh, I said hey mom you can still come but you gotta buy a ticket and she and she did like I'm allowed one person to come and uh, when my mom came to shows she bought the ticket if there was two of us there um so the Cornwall shows were really special for me because it was my me I would go early I would hang it with my brother which I don't see very often my mom would come and the three of us would get together and which was like a special moment I suppose mm-hmm. um and then you know I, I uh yeah I met my wife I brought her so it was her and my mom uh, there for my last match uh it was Cecil Nix and myself losing the tag team titles to the Hollywood hunts. And I remember I uh, the referee messed up the spot in the last match. And I told him ahead of time, um, if you mess up the spot in the last, if you mess up the spot for the finish, I'm just gonna kick you in the head. Um and he was and he thought I was joking. <laughs> he thought he thought like, yeah, okay, kick me in the head. Sure. Um so sure enough the timing got messed up. And, uh, I, I lost my temper and I kicked him in the head. I didn't kick him hard. Let's okay. sure that I didn't, I did not like wall off and I, I work, kicked him in the head, pulled the kick. I made, made contact and it was just like, I didn't, I, um, but yeah, so I, I lost my temper in the ring and I said, all right, I'm done. Um, like the 450. I don't want to hurt anybody. If I can't do it safely, I'm not going to do it. Um, I got worked up to the point that I lost my temper in the ring, and I wanted to hit somebody. If I can't wrestle safely, I'm not going to wrestle. Mm -hmm. So my last match ended kind of on a low note. I loved the match, but um, one time in 200 matches or however many matches I had, uh, my, my spreadsheet crashed years ago. Uh, I tried looking it up to see how many, because I was keeping track. Uh, yeah, one time I lost my temper in the ring, and I was like, "No, I'm done. I don't. It's I don't need this kind of stress. I have other things to do." And uh, yeah, and after the match, I, I went to the promoter and I explained what happened, and he was like, yeah, "Yeah, it happens." And I went to the referee, and I was like, "Hey, man, I'm I'm so sorry. I told you ahead of time I was going to kick in the head. You he thought I was joking. I kicked in the head." out of anger and I apologize. And he was like, uh, you know, he was upset with me, clearly. <laughs> uh, he didn't know he was gonna get kicked in the head. Um, and uh, yeah, and it was a low point. and And he he he, he 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 accepted my apology. And, uh, you know, we left the show on cool terms, uh, but I just, I stopped reaching out for bookings after that. And I was like, you know, I, I need to do this safely and I need to do this with a cool head. If I can't do this with a cool head, it's not point. There's no point in doing it. And that is a message I'd like to leave for anybody: is if you need, if you are going to wrestle, you need to do it safely, and you need to do it calmly. Uh, whatever, however worked up your character is, uh, you need to look out for one another. At the end of the day, it's it's just wrestling, and very small percentage of people are going to make a career of this. And you need to focus on you. 100% of the time. Want
1: to support this podcast? Follow it on the Twitter gimmick at TimeToFightPod. Follow the host at Announcer Terry. I'm a ring announcer. I'm a damn good one. Visit our website, www.itstimetofight.ca If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, email us at timetofightpod at gmail.com. October 22nd to 24th, It's Time to Fight presents Wrestling with ALS 2021. A weekend full of wrestling podcasts from worldwide, a live wrestling show presented by Moonshine branded wrestling, stand-up comedy from members of the wrestling community, and much more. The whole thing will be live streamed. The wrestling and comedy will be open to the public, and every dollar raised will benefit the ALS Society of Canada. Check out our website, www.itstimetofight.ca for information, or email us at timetofightpod at gmail.com.